service will begin shortly. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship today. It's great to be with you all once again here in God's house to worship him, to receive from him his gifts of word and sacrament. Uh, please stand this morning and let's greet each other and say hello in the name of the Lord. And uh, members, as always, if you see people that you don't know or recognize, please go say hi. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Kleibaker, your announcer for the second Sunday after Christmas. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Michael Hessman and Will Goodman. Today's order of service is also on the internet, www.trinity. 1874.com. The radio broadcast for today is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. Our opening hymn today is From East to West, page number 385, verses 1 through 3 of the Lutheran Service Book. All right, and so as you are taking your seats, I want to begin worship this morning with, uh, with a thought or two. It was actually something that we just talked about in the adult Bible class, and I want to, want to express this because I think it, it's really helpful and important. Each and every one of us go through different seasons in our lives. We go through ups and downs and in the middle. 
Um, and so I, am, I would be willing to bet, and I'm not a betting man, but I would be willing to bet that there are some of you here today in which the season in your life that you are going through is a high one, and it's great. And things right now in my life are just really, really good, and I'm really, really thankful to God for that. And then I would be willing to bet also that there are people here today, people that might be listening that the season in their life that they are going through currently is not so great for various reasons, um, whatever those reasons are. And so what we talked about in the adult Bible class is all of the reasons, and really, yeah, all of the reasons for why we come together as a body of Christ to worship together. And one of the biggest reasons, I think, and according to what Scripture says, is that For those of us who are in a season in our life right now where we're high and everything is is good, we are called upon by Christ to pray for, to sing for, to speak for. The people who perhaps they're going through a season in their life where uh, their faith might be the size of a cantaloupe or it might be the size of a watermelon or maybe it's even just as small and it's the size of a mustard seed. And so my encouragement to all of us here today is that if you are one of those people that is going through a season in your life right now where you can sing out and you can uh, speak loudly and you can you know, do all of those things, I would encourage you to do that. Not only because God has called you to do that, but, but for the people who, in the, who are here today, who they are in a season in their life in which their faith is just really small, and they need you. They need you to sing out for them. They need you to say the Apostles' Creed with gusto for them, right? They need you to, uh, to, to say the responsive readings for them, because you know what? They're here. They want to be here. They know that God has called them here, but they just can't in their spirit find whatever it is, to be able to worship perhaps in the way that they want to. So, my, so again, my encouragement for all of us here this morning is to sing out, is to speak loudly, right? Uh, because there are people here and there are people who are listening that really need us to do that. And so hopefully that makes sense. Let's open our, our worship today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, and we know, Lord, that your presence is here because you have promised that wherever two or three are gathered in your name, there you are among them. And for that, Lord, we thank you. And I pray for all of us here, for all who are listening, uh, for all who are not able to be here today, I pray that in whatever season in life that they find themselves in, that you would grant them great joy, joy that is found only through your Holy Spirit, joy that is found in the baby born in Bethlehem, uh, the baby who we continue to celebrate today. And now, Lord, we ask that as we are here, that as we worship you, that we are, as we are served by you, that you would open our hearts and our minds. And Lord, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. Truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand.
So we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once again, the opening hymn is from East to West. Page number 385, verses 1, 2, and 3. Became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. 
For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty God, you have poured into our hearts the true light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light may shine forth in our lives. Through the same, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from 1 Kings chapter 3. It's also the sermon text in a moment as well. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. 
And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I will give you a wise and and discerning mind so that none like you has been before, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all of your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all of his servants. This is the word of our Lord. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Sing to the Lord a new song. Our special music today is provided by the Trinity Choir under the direction of Carol McIntyre.
Thank you very much, choir, for that very wonderful piece. It's now time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message given today by Mr. Clybaker. Now is a good time to bring up your Mighty Mites, your offering, as well. The children's message today is given by John Clybaker. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Good. Did you all have a Merry Christmas? A good Christmas? Yeah? Yeah. Got everything you wanted? No, yes, kind of. Well, I want to show you a picture. Oh, I had it all pulled up while the choir was singing. Hang on a second. I'm going to have to reset my phone so it doesn't put my pictures away so fast. You just won't believe what I saw growing in our yard the other day as I was walking from the barn back to the house. I took a picture of it. Okay, I need a volunteer. Del, you want to help me out? No? Would you help me? You want to help me? Jackson, would you just show everybody that picture? Let them see it. Take it up there so everybody can see it real well. What is that? What do you see? Sunflower, it's not a sunflower, folks. <gasps> I heard it. You're right. A dandelion bloomed in the last couple of days. How about that? I couldn't believe it. Now, it does feel like spring. It doesn't feel like Christmas and winter time outside, really. But a dandelion in our yard, it made me think. How neat. I love, I like looking at flowers. I think they're really cool. And it reminded me, after talking with Pastor about kind of what the children's message today might ought to be about, that Jesus talked about flowers in his Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to read this to you real quick. I'm sure you've heard it before. It comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 29, when Jesus said, See the lilies of the field? Now, if you know anything about flowers... Lilies are a little bit different than dandelions, but they're a very pretty flower. See the lilies of the field that they don't do any work. They don't sew their clothes, and they don't do anything to have to try to survive. Yet even Solomon, pastor just read about him, even Solomon in all of his glory, and keep in mind, he was a rich king. He had a lot of money. And a lot of great things, he probably dressed very nicely, was not arrayed like they are. Well, how about that? Jesus says that even King Solomon really isn't as fancy as the flowers are. But yet, he takes good care of all of us, and he took good care of King Solomon. And so, King Solomon, what a special fella he was. Did you know he became king about a thousand years before Jesus was born? And that Jesus is actually a descendant of his? So he would have been like a 
great, 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 great grandpa, maybe to Jesus, somewhere in that realm of greats. So King Solomon, quite a man. What Pastor read to us a few minutes ago, though, was really important. When he became king, he was a very young man. He didn't have a lot of experience. He didn't really know what kings were supposed to do. But yet, in that dream, Jesus and God talked to him and asked him what he wanted. He could have asked for anything, couldn't he? What are some things you think he could have asked for? If he was going to be king and he could have anything God was going to give him, what could he have asked for? Gold. Lots of folks would ask for gold, probably, especially back in that day. A bicycle? Well, I don't know if they had bicycles back then, but he may have liked to have had one as a young guy. No doubt about it. But what did he ask for? Does anybody remember? He asked for wisdom. Do you know what that means? What does wisdom mean if you're a wise person? Any ideas? Basically, it means you know the difference between right and wrong. And he asked for that because he knew he was going to have to make decisions for God's people. That was a pretty good ask. And God was so pleased with him that then God gave him gold and a lot of other things, maybe even a bicycle, Cohen. How about it? So, I want you to listen closely to Pastor's sermon today. He's going to talk to us more about Solomon, this important king and special man in the Bible. Solomon wrote a lot of things. I read that he, that he wrote almost 3,000 psalms. Would that be about right, Pastor? And almost 1,000 songs, S-O-N-G-S. So he was a brilliant fellow, and he did a lot of neat things. I think one of the coolest things that he shared with us that we can read in the Bible from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord, that means to love and respect God, is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. But we're really fortunate because the Holy Spirit has come into our hearts and given us knowledge of Jesus God, Jesus our Savior, and so all of us here today are already started on understanding and having knowledge and wisdom, and that's by the grace of God, his love for us that he did that for us. And Solomon already knew that even before Jesus was born. Pretty neat, huh? Let's say a quick prayer, and then we can go back to our seats. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave us the Bible, that we can learn about men like Solomon, who were special people that you used to accomplish your goals here on earth back at that time. We're especially thankful that we've got Pastor who's going to help us today to understand more about the things we can learn from the things that Solomon learned. And we remember, too, the special proverb that he wrote that says, Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. Please, Lord, give all of us, young children and old adults alike, knowledge and wisdom and understanding of you. We know that's the most important thing we can know about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go back to our seats and listen closely about King Solomon.
The epistle reading for this morning is taken from Ephesians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul writes this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. The child Jesus grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of our Lord. The hymn of the day is, Speak, O Lord, Your Servant Listens, found on page 589. Again, Speak, O Lord, Your Servant Listens, page number 589 of the Lutheran Service Book.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the, is the Old Testament lesson that was just read. Uh, you want to maybe have that in front of you. We'll be referring to it in just a moment. King Solomon is perhaps the greatest conundrum in the entire Bible. He had his choice of anything that the God of the universe could give him, which is everything. And very humbly, very wisely, he asks for wisdom. And so the God of the universe gives him wisdom so that he may rule over God's people in a fair way, and as John said, to know the difference between right and wrong. And his reign started off well enough. I mean, he asks for wisdom and he gets it, and then after he gets wisdom, he gets all of the gold and everything else. I was doing a little bit of... uh, contextual research about this text, and did you know that, that the palace that, that he built, he had so much gold that his entire palace inside and out was lined with gold? I mean, the guy was just fabulously wealthy. Everything that God had given him. He even has that really great episode, a few chapters after this one, in which two women bring to him a child, and they are fighting about, well, whose child that it actually is, but it only belongs to one of them. And so, as, you, as I'm sure that's how you know that the story goes, Solomon says, okay, fine, bring me a, a sword, because I'm going to cut the baby in half. And the mother, of course, the actual mother of the child, freaks out and says, no, 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 please don't do that. Just, just give the child in one piece to this other woman. And Solomon then, by that point, knows exactly who the mother is, the one who was concerned for the child's well-being. And then it begins to go off the rails. And we are given a hint of this. It's in, in the text that we are in. So if you go to the beginning of the text, it's chapter 4. I'm sorry, it's uh, chapter, chapter 3 and, and 4. We are given in these two verses really the shadow that will begin to loom over all of Solomon, the rest of Solomon's life and the rest of his, game, his reign. Verse 3 says, Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father, Only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. And then in verse 4, And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Sounds well enough, but if you had read before in the book of Deuteronomy, you will have read that God made explicit instructions not to worship in the high places any longer. And so when Solomon continues to go to the high places to worship, to offer offerings, he goes to Gibeon, one of the high 
places, and he continues to sort of go along, he's sort of humming along, but he's not quite there, is he? Because even then, even at the beginning of this really wonderful moment, Solomon is still not following the Lord in the way that he should. God said, don't, don't go there anymore. And yet Solomon continued to do it. And then what would eventually happen, as we all know, is that he would begin to not only be accommodating to foreign gods, but then he would actually begin promoting these foreign gods and then actually begin worshiping these foreign gods himself. And I find it incredibly ironic that the guy that asks for wisdom and the guy that that not only just... that doesn't get any kind of wisdom, but the wisdom from God, from the God of the entire universe, the guy who gets all of the wisdom that you and I wish that we had, and he still can't figure it out. He is still trusting in other things that are not God. And so he goes, and he he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And then he was promoting these false gods. And then not only was he promoting these false gods, as we said, he was, he was beginning to worship all of these false gods. And the wheels just start falling off drastically. And so the question that I really wrestled with as I was preparing this text for this message, the question that I really wrestled with and I kept going back to and going back to and going back to was, how does this text point to Jesus? Where is Jesus found in this text? And the answer that I came up with is that, you know, Solomon isn't alone in putting his trust in other things that are not God. You see, you and I think that we know better. Every time that we break one of the Ten Commandments, whether it's commandment 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or 10, every single time that we do that, it is us telling God, no, God, I know better than you do. And so when we put other gods before him, well, God, I think that I know better than you do. And when we use the name of the Lord our God in vain, well, God, I, I think I know how to live this life better than you do. And when we do not remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, when suddenly one Sunday off from church becomes two, and then three, and then four, and then five, and then six, and then longer, what we are saying to God is saying, you know what, God, I know, I know better from my life than you do. And when we do not honor our father or mother, and we don't honor those who are in authority over us, again, it's, it's, it's us saying, God, I, you have given me these, these, these gifts, but I, I know better than you do. And when we have hatred in our hearts towards, towards other people, we are telling God, you know what, God, I'm going to feel how I feel, and I don't care what you say. I don't care that we're not allowed to have hate in our hearts. I don't care what you say. I'm going to feel how I feel because you know what? It's how I feel. There. There. 
And when husbands and wives find comfort in men and women that are not their husbands and wives, we are telling God, you know what, God? I know better than you. I know what's good for me. And when we take things that don't belong to us, and when we do not explain everything about everyone, no matter how that person has wronged you, I don't care who it is or what they've done, And when we don't explain things in the kindest way possible and we break the Eighth Commandment again and again and again and again, we are saying to God, God, I know better than you do. I feel how how I feel and there's nothing that you can do about it because I'm going to feel how I feel and that's that. And when we covet things that don't belong to us, when we just want, when when we sort of, and we all do this, we think that the grass is greener on the other side. It's that old saying, And suddenly what begins to happen is that we begin to either we begin to either place our place our trust in other things or people or and then what begins to happen is we start to lose trust in God. And we forget as we talked about just a few weeks ago we forget that we were bought at a price and we are not our own. And we forget. We forget who God is. We forget who we are in relation to God. And we just simply don't trust Him anymore. Or we certainly do not trust Him as much as we should. And we forget this one very simple, important fact. It's the same thing that Solomon himself forgot. You and I, we need him. We need him. And every time that we think that we don't need him, it's a lack of trust. It's, it's, it's thinking that we know better, just like Solomon did. And consider this, neither you or I have been given the wisdom of Solomon. And yet he still messed it up. Think about that. Consider that. There are loads of smart people in this room. I know that, but none of you, not not me, not anyone, was given the wisdom of Solomon. And yet he still messed it up. He still went out and found 700 wives and 300 others. He still went out and promoted false gods and began to worship false gods. And he still messed it up and he forgot. He forgot who gave it to him in the first place. He forgot what we pray every Sunday and hopefully every day whenever we pray the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. He forgot where his daily bread comes from. And you and I do this. We do it every day. And we forget who God is. And we forget that we need Him. And there is nothing that you or I can do to escape the fact that you and I need God. There's a a wonderful psalm 
it's, it's actually the title to a very old camp, campfire song, but it speaks to this need so well, and it gives such accurate description to it. It's Psalm 42, verse 1. It says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. We need Him. Just as the deer pants for water, just as you and I need water, we need Him. We need Him because He knew that we would forget. We need Him because He knew that you and I would begin to trust things that are not Him. We need Him because He knew that you would go back to that same sin again and again and again. And we need Him. And He knew that. And because He knew that, He did that. My job every day as a pastor is to point you to that, to the cross. And if I'm not doing that, elders fire me because I have outlived my usefulness. It's to point you to Jesus. It's to point you to the cross. Because you and I need him. Every single day do we need him because we do forget, because we don't trust in the way that we should, because we do keep going back to those same sins again and again and again. And as Paul says elsewhere, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we need the foolishness of God. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28 through 31. God chose, Paul writes, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification. And then he says before that, starting in verse uh, 23, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. And then he says in verse 25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And so because we forget to trust, because we forget who who God is, because we keep going back to these same sins again and again and again, Paul writes, God God was foolish. Foolish enough that a 12-year-old boy goes to the temple, Jesus, and he begins to start teaching the teachers. Foolishness that died for the ungrateful, and foolishness that died for sin-sick people just like you and me. 
and the foolishness of God that says my love will never run out, that my love never gives up, that my love will continue to seek after you no matter how far away from me that you go, foolishness that says I, I have, as, I, as, I said, as I've said many, many times, but I'll say it again until I'm blue in the face, foolishness that says I have stacked the deck of your salvation, your relationship with me in your favor. Because there is nothing in heaven or on earth that can keep you from my love. And it was the foolishness of God that made the God of the universe, the all-knowing, the ever-present, the all-powerful God, to be born to a teenager in a tiny town called Bethlehem that, you know what, it's a spot on the road that nobody really cared about. And the tiny baby that was born in Bethlehem would grow up and continue to do things again and again and again that in the eyes of the world and in the eyes of the people around him seemed very foolish. Things like hanging out with sinners. Things like hanging out with people who are really ungrateful. Things like healing people of diseases, people who should have never been touched. Things like forgiving the disciple who denied even knowing him, not once, not twice, but three separate times. And things like going to the cross because he knew that we would fail him, he knew that we would not trust him, and he knew that we would forget him. And yet his promise to you today and the promise to me today is that I will not forget you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And there is nothing on this side of of heaven or in heaven or below heaven or anywhere that will separate my love that is found for you in my son who was crucified, died, and was buried and whose very body and blood is there today for us to participate in, to eat and to drink so that we would know and remember just as we said, that his love never runs out. It never gives up. It never stops. There is is no amount of sin or a sin that we can commit that his blood will not cover. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And so what he did was he sent his son, Jesus, who, as we remember, called himself the spring of the water of life. And in faith, we drink of that water of life. And in faith, we are forgiven. In faith, we are not found to be wanting, but rather we are are found to be loved children of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. 
We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father. Please be seated. At this time, we'll gather our tithes and offerings, and the pew that you are in is a red signing book. And so whether you are a member or a guest with us, we ask that you would please fill that out so that we know that you were here to worship with us. And with that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. That number is 417-235-7300. Zero, zero. Offering envelopes for, ni- or for 2020 rather, can be picked up in the narthex of the church. The bell choir and men's glee will be starting up on Wednesday, January 8th. Bells will start at 5.30 and men's glee will start at 6.30. There is a council meeting today after church at 1 p.m. On January the 26th, there will be an 8th grade chili cook-off. The proceeds will help them go on their 8th grade trip at the end of the school year. And that will be following church. After the luncheon of chili, there will be a voters meeting. And that again is on January 26th. The voters meeting will be at 1 p.m. Several ladies Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information about the Bible studies, Call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hours are church's witness to the public marketplace, and today's message is Mercy in this Dojo. This will be a new series, and you may listen to that on Please the stay. radio.
Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have promised to us, though we are not deserving, though we are not grateful, and Lord, though we forget to trust you, though we forget you, period, we thank you that in your great love and mercy and might and power and presence and certainly wisdom, that you promise to love us and you promise to gather us and you promise to bring us home. And Lord, we ask that as we go about this week and each day of our lives, help us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit to not forget, but Lord, also to continue to lead others, to point others to Christ, to point others, Lord, to the cross in whom our hope is found. Lord, in your mercy, we pray, Lord, for the preservation of marriage, that God would defend husbands and wives from every assault of the enemy. Support them, Lord, in their faithfulness and loving servants to one another, and grant them joy in each and every time. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you for all public servants and those whom you have given to us to care for us. We pray that they may be supported and upheld in every good deed. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for all who are sick or lonely, hurting. Lord, those who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray for all of those, Lord, who are on our health list and for all those that we name before you in our hearts. We humbly pray that you would heal them, Lord, in each and every way and continue, Lord, to come to them. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you, too, for all with anniversaries soon. As your word says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Continue to wrap yourself in our marriages and our families. We pray for George and for Patsy and for Wyatt and for Dory, that you might keep them and their marriage so hidden within you that all the forces of evil would come to nothing. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, we thank you for the gift of your body and blood present in the sacrament today. May these good gifts be for our good, as you have designed and made all of your good gifts to us to be. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
pray the prayer together that our Lord himself gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. communion hymn today will be children of the heavenly father found on page 725 of the lutheran service book again children of the heavenly father page number 725 
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. We implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The closing hymn is verses 4 and 5 of page number 385. All right, just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, uh, if you have not yet picked them up, your offering envelopes are back in the narthex there on the table in the back left from where I am. If you ordered a poinsettia for the altar, they can be picked up after church. It looks like there are three left, I think. So if you ordered one of these three, you can pick them up. Council meeting is today at 1 o'clock over in the fellowship hall. Uh, On January the 26th, we have two things going on. First of all, the 8th grade chili cook-off is on that day following church. And then after the 8th grade chili cook-off, there will be the voters' assembly meeting uh, that will happen right after that. So we'll have some chili, and then we'll uh, meet and discuss and vote on things. And then the bell choir and men's glee will be starting up on Wednesday, January 8th. Bells start at 5.30, and the men's glee starts at 6.30. Uh, I pray that, that you all have a very, very blessed week, and I look forward to seeing everybody very soon.
It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Clybaker, and we wish you a blessed week.